0: Cairo, Seattle.
1: It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton.
0: And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. Lots to talk about West Coast football and what's going on, and uh, particularly with the Raiders, the Rams, chargers seahawks you name it and joining us here on School with the professor is bill williamson from the sd nation hey so bill let's start off like one of the the uh, i guess unknowns right now is what pete carroll is going to do with the offensive coordinator job but one guy that you know that uh, at least they've talked to and interviewed is kirby wilson one of the better running back coaches in football for many many years a guy that has a history with Pete carroll And, of course, he was with the Raiders last year. Talk a little bit about what what you know and what kind of coach or what kind of coordinator could Kirby Wilson be.
1: Yeah, you know, he's one of those, you know, inside football coaches. If you're in the business, you know, you, you know all about Kirby Wilson. You may not know him. You know, a lot of fans may not know much about him. But like you said, he's been doing this a long time. Very well respected. Very revered by his players. Um, the Raiders running backs have been excellent. You know, of course, you got Josh Jacobs, the first round pick, but you also had a guy like Devontae Booker, who was pretty much a flop in, in Denver, and he came to Las Vegas this last year and, and had an impact. Uh, Alec Ingold, an undrafted uh, fullback from two years ago, is suddenly one of the better fullbacks in the league. Um, you know, Jalen Rashad, a nice third down. Running back. So the Raiders get a lot of production from their group of running backs, and, you know, Wilson is part of that for sure. Again, I think it, it needs – there's two things that really stick out about this guy, his experience, and how players relate to him. Players love him. So that's two huge things. That's a two huge uh, selling points. I, I think the Seahawks search has been interesting. We've heard a lot of high-profile – just got fired head coaches, and then there's been some kind of under-the-radar guys, like right? but Kirby.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, now, the question is, can he make the conversion to be the play caller and, uh, you know, try to satisfy uh, Russell Wilson, who still wants to pass the ball, but obviously, Pete <clears throat> Carroll, you know, he doesn't like that uh, 60-40 pass-to-run ratio that uh, they had last year, which is why Brian Schottenheimer is no longer here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be a challenge. Um, there are other candidates that have done the job, you know, as far as call employees. So that may be, you know, that may be something that he's going to have to overcome to get this job. <clears throat> and it, you know, with no, th- let's face this. If you're the offensive coordinator of the Seahawks, you are the, you run the offense. Pete Carroll doesn't run that offense. So, you know, it's a, it's an his responsibility, and I wonder they might go somebody who's you know if if, if they have a couple choices of former head coaches, they may go that direction. But I but I, I still wonder why they haven't already.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I know the latest name that they're talking to is Joe Lombardi. <laughs> He was the grandson of Vince Lombardi, but also the son of Vince Lombardi Jr. He used to live out here in the Seattle area. And ironically, Lombardi actually went to Seattle prep uh, out here. So uh, he's you know, got a little bit of history in this area. And so you kind of wonder where he might fit in. I mean, to me, the perfect fit would have been Doug Peterson. Because Peterson yeah. has worked well with quarterbacks. He likes to run a two-tight end offense. He he likes to run the ball, which, of course, that's what's going to be a big thing with Pete. But it does appear that the likelihood is he just might take the year off.
1: Yeah, and you wonder if he turned that job down. You're right. I would like the, that Peterson-Wilson connection. I think they're, they're, they'd work well together on the sideline and the heat of the game. And when I saw his name... I was pretty impressed. Uh Anthony Lynn's been connected to that job. I think Anthony Lynn may be one of those guys who's a better coordinator than a head coach. He he struggled in clock management a lot this year, and I think that's why he got fired. I mean this is a team that won their last four games and the head coach got fired. Um he you know, he cost them some games. He and his staff cost some games. So he may be better served as an offensive coordinator. So I think if you got him, that's the experience and, and that, that you may be interested in as well.
0: Curiously, uh, it seems like uh, the Raiders and John Gruden has lost a whole bunch of coaches. What's going on there?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Um, the offense is, is good, and, and I think the offense is well-staffed. And, you know, if they lose Kirby, they're going to have to replace two assistants that they're going to have to. Excuse me, I'm having a persistent cough here. Anyways, um, Frank Smith, the tight end coach, the guy who's really credited by Darren Waller himself for making him a guy who was a practice squad player from Baltimore to a, you know, a Pro Bowl player the last couple of years with the Raiders. Uh, Frank Smith is now the run game coordinator for the Chargers with uh, Brandon Staley. So that opening and then on defense. They made some moves. They hired Gus Bradley, obviously a revered name in Seattle. And then he brought uh, Richard Smith, who I think is a great hire, you know, long time coordinator, long time assistant. He's linebackers coach. And then Ron Milos, who's also very
0: highly respected. He's the defensive backs coach
1: now. So that's the changes in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. And of course, uh... I mean, certainly the defense needed something because I and mean, that evolved to be maybe not the worst defense in the league, but pretty close to being the worst defense I and mean, giving up over 30 points a game down a stretch.
1: Consistently, play to play, I don't know if there's many worse defenses. I mean, this, you just knew that they were going to screw up in the end. It was week after week. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and of course, that's why uh, changes had to be made. Of course... Uh, uh, a lot of changes are being made with the Rams. You know, Brandon Staley, uh, I was kind of surprised. You know, it was it was pretty much a vote between Brian Daybold of the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Staley of the Rams, the defensive right. coordinator, for who should be the assistant coach of the year. Daybold was able to win it, but uh, Staley uh, Staley gets the job. And it was kind of ironic because Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, went to the same high school as Brian Daybold. Right. And naturally it's like you don't want to wait too long because you can't get the coach until their season is over and the Bills' season continues. But it's kind of interesting that Stanley got the job and he didn't wait for Dable because, hey, they're they're really close being two years apart on the same high school football team.
1: Yeah, I kind of liked when I saw – and maybe this is unfair of me – when I saw that connection that they went to high school together in Buffalo, I'm like, eh, kind of lazy. You know, I mean, it, it's a cool story. But I like the fact that he went with the other guy, and the other guy is super young. This guy is four years removed from coaching at John Carroll, uh, a Division Three, and now he's an NFL head coach. His players with the Rams raved about him; they called him a genius. Um, two players, and Jalen Ramsey was one of them. Called this guy a genius, and you know what? He took a he took a defense that w- was coached by you know the great. Wade Phillips, that that sagged a little bit in 2019. And he just, I mean, this is the number one ranked defense in the league this year. Of course, you have a Hall of Famer in Aaron McDonald and Ramsey may get there someday himself. You have two elite players, so that certainly helps. Um, but you know what? The Chargers have some really good defensive players. I, I think the Chargers are a sleeping giant. I think the Chargers have been a sleeping giant for years. Um, I think that was the best job available, so um, it's really pretty cool that Brandon Staley uh, landed there. I mean, you got you got the quarterback. That's You got the quarterback. You got a beautiful new stadium. I don't care that they're the second fiddle. there. They still play there, and, and you, you're in the L.A. market. I think that was a tremendous job. I think that's why we, we talked about Anthony Lynn a few minutes ago that, you know, despite winning his last four games, I think that's one of the reasons why they made that switch because they knew they could get an upgrade. So if you, if this is Brandon Staley genius of the defensive coach is going to translate in this next in, in, at the highest chair, the Chargers are going to be something because again, they have a quarterback who is a franchise quarterback. And I feel comfortable saying that already about Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah. I did think the chargers was the best job available of the seven because you get Herbert, you still have three more years where he's under his rookie contract. Herbert right. looks absolutely great. I'm sure he's going to win Rookie of the Year. And uh, you're right about the fact that you know they've got some good players on defense, some good players on offense, and it just underachieved for the last two years after having 12, 12 wins a couple years ago. <clears throat> yeah, 12 wins. Yeah.
1: Um. They the Chargers get hurt like no other team in sports. It's unbelievable. You know, I cover them a long time where we're at ESPN, John, and this is this been a trend for years and years and years. At some point, they're going to have to have some good luck. You know, at at one of these years, we're going to be like, wow. The Chargers just went to the Super Bowl. It, it's going to come together for them. And you know, I think you look at the AFC West with you know Patrick Mahomes who. I'm the biggest Patrick Mahomes honk there is. I think I just I think it's a treat to watch that guy play and I'm excited to be able to do it for the next, you know, 12 years. Um and then you get this kid with the with the Chargers in LA. I mean, that's pretty good stuff we're going to see in this division.
0: Oh yeah. And really when you look at it, I mean both divisions in the West are uh, pretty saturated with good things. I mean, for example, I mean, you can see, you know, three potential playoff teams in the NFC West, if you include Arizona, and then you figure somehow, some way, Kyle Shanahan, as good as he is, is going to get that team to bounce back. And the one thing that's great about the stability of the teams, because, you know, Pete Carroll just signed a five-year extension. You know, you know that Kyle Shanahan's going to be there at least four or five more years. John Lynch has re-signed. Uh, You know, you got... Kyler Murray in Arizona, and so there's just so many good things, and then of course things are getting better in the West. It's just a matter of you know what can end up getting better for the the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean it is. It, it starts with the defense. There, I mean technically, that I don't think they're that far off. I, I'm not super sold on John Gruden. Um, you know, he's fine, but I don't know if fine's going to cut it. Um, You know, and then Denver—they got to figure out, you know, and whether Locke is the guy. If you asked me a year ago, I'd say yeah, I think Locke can be the guy. If you ask me right now, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth trying to find out another year. What's your thoughts on Locke?
0: Uh, Still to be determined. But then, you know, you can—they—they need to give him another year. Uh, Now, George Patton, who I really respect. And I know George listens to Schooled with a Professor. And so if you're listening, George, hey, thank you, as always. And congratulations, because, you know, George has been in the forefront of getting a general manager job, really, in the last seven or eight years. But he has been so loyal to Rick Spielman uh, that, uh, you know, he didn't do it. But now he does take the Denver Bronco job, and I think he'll do a good job. And obviously he's going to be looking to see if there's going to be a challenger for Drew Locke. But, uh, you know, you go back a year ago and, you know, we, we could be saying the same things about Locke that we're saying about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, of course, uh, you know was averaging 19 sure. points a game in his first couple of years as a starter. But then you've seen how he's come on and now has become one of the better young quarterbacks in football.
1: I like Locke's moxie. I do. I, you know, I, I, there's, I think he does have something there. Uh, that I, I think that's a, a roster that has some nice players around him. And we can see them have a, a quick turnaround, you know, if the, if the right things happen.
0: No question. Now, let's go to the, the Rams because lots of things are going on there, that's for sure. Uh, you know, they end up, uh, you know, losing Brandon Staley, hiring Rashim, uh, Raheem uh, Morris. They uh, now lost Joe Barry because after about five, six years, he's gone. And so what is going on? Because, I mean, one thing we know about Sean McVay he doesn't take losing a Super Bowl or a playoff game very well, and so uh, things are kind of getting shaken up a lot with the Rams.
1: Yeah, and it, and it was the, the shakeup started because of a you know a, a good problem. You, you you picked the right defensive coordinator last year, and he got a head coaching job this year. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. So I don't think it's turmoil. I, I think it's just you know it, it's a it's an issue born out of success. Um, so that's a good thing. I I think Joe Barry and I, I don't know this is just speculation on my part. I think Joe Barry may have left because he didn't get the defensive coordinator job. You know, I think, you know, he was a guy that was a candidate in Las Vegas before Bradley got it. So he seemed like a natural. He didn't get it. I don't know any. I don't know what's going on there. Um, you know, Raheem Morris is a guy that had some looks at head coaching jobs. Um, I think he's a quality coach. I think he did a nice job as the interim in Atlanta after Dan Quinn got fired early in the season. So, I mean, you know, Raheem Morris, this wasn't just a two, three game thing. He was, I think it was like 11 games. Um, and he has head coaching experience. I think, I think Sean McVay has a pretty nice track record of hiring defensive coordinators. Yeah, I agree. So Staley and Morris. I think Morris is going to do a nice job. Also, you know, again, going back to, the, you know, really the meat of the potato, you got Aaron Donald and you got uh, Jalen Ramsey. So I think Morris is off to a pretty nice start.
0: Now, one story that's evolving uh, is it doesn't seem as though Sean McVay is in the corner of Jared Goff. There seems to be. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's one where I don't hear good vibes on that. And it's I know at the end of the year that uh, he did say that, uh, you know, Jarrett Goss, the quarterback for now, but uh, I tend to get the feeling he may not be the quarterback next year.
1: Yeah. But where do you go? I mean, do you go to John Walford? I mean, that'd be a, that'd be quite a, quite a move. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I, there's starters and there's backups and I, and I think Jared Goff is a starter and I think John Wolford is a backup. Um, is, is is Jared Goff an elite quarterback? Can he be an elite quarterback? Could he be a top twelve? Because I, you know, even take out elite because there's only a few of those elite guys. You know, those elite guys are Hall of Famers, and it's a pretty good quarterback league right now. So I think if you got Jared Goff in the top twelve, fifteen, you're you're, you're okay with that. Can he be one of those guys? I don't know. He has been, um, but you know, he gets he had a pretty nice start to 2020. Um, He finished shaky in the regular season. But you know what? I look at Jared Goff's play in the postseason as a positive. Because this guy, you know, he he broke his thumb. He had to get surgically uh, repaired. And then he plays, you know, that was after week 16. And then he plays in the playoffs, and it's on his throwing arm. And I thought, you know, he wasn't expected to play in Seattle. And he came in there, and he was rough. But he gutted it out. And yeah, he then, really
0: did. And you know, and, and
1: then he and he played decently he played decently in Green Bay. So I think, you know, what he did in the playoffs really kind of heightened himself a little bit, especially in the eyes of his teammates. Now the fact now Sean McVeigh's lukewarm comments make you wonder and there's a report I think our friend Steve Weiss uh, from the NFL Media uh, said that you know they needed those two needed marriage counseling. So when there's that smoke, there's usually something to it. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, probably a top five offseason story in the league to, to keep an eye on.
0: And then just to wrap it up here is like, uh, <clears throat> what would they do at quarterback if something goes differently with Jared Goff?
1: I mean that's the thing. You know, there's so many people that in the last couple of years. Not so much this offseason because he had a good year. But Garrett Carr. Oh, John Gruden's going to replace him. Who? It's not easy. And again, if Derek Carr is a top 18 guy, that's not good enough. But I mean, how do you get better all of a sudden? You know, the Rams aren't going to go get Deshaun Watson. The Rams don't have any cap room. The Rams don't have any draft picks because you know they traded uh, Ramsey. They were trading for Ramsey. So who are the Rams going to get? I just, I just, you know, Cam Newton. I, I, I just maybe, maybe you start the internal search for a quarterback maybe you really look at the draft and maybe you take a guy in the third ground who you think can be a starter um but i just don't know if you can just say okay we don't want golf and be guaranteed that the guy will be better next year I just, mm. it's too hard it's too hard
0: yeah you hear uh, bill williamson on the seahawks pregame show uh, giving news updates and of course uh, going getting, trying to keep you up to date on what's going on in the league and so what do you have on sb nation
1: Oh, well, a lot of Raiders stuff right now, you know. Juju uh, Smith-Schuster said the Raiders are one of the teams that he's interested in. Mm. Um, And I I find that interesting. I don't know if the Raiders really need. It'd be kind of a luxury pick for them because they're not teaming with salary cap room this year. They're going to have to cut some guys. And some people wonder if they're going to cut Trent Brown. So, I mean, they're going to need to get, get some help on defense, and I just don't know if getting a receiver after you drafted a receiver in the first round, Henry Rooks, drafted a receiver in the third round, Brian Edwards, and you you, you can probably keep Nelson Aguilar at a lesser price than Juju. I don't know if he fits. Yeah, I think he's too much of a luxury, um, you know, item, per se. But this is a guy, he says he's interested in Raiders. We're going to talk about him.
0: Interesting. Bill Williamson from the SB Nation, thank you for joining us on Schooled with a Professor.
1: Thank you, John. Have a great weekend.
0: And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with a Professor.